three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Fullers podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season two, episode 14, and today we have a fantastic guest with us, Mark from Pink Milk. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a long welcome, time yes. coming. I remember when 2021 yeah. started officially, we had sent Mark a, a message to come join <laughs> the try for a guesting spot and we were all very excited but then we kind of got lost in scheduling and it took a while but finally we have you on the show and we're so happy and excited that you're with us so welcome oh thank you thank you no i'm very happy to be here you you folks have been busy <laughs> it's hey, great i'm happy for you a couple of weeks hey. <laughs> within everything you know work and pandemics and yeah podcasting yeah. and then also having to tweet it said it has been a couple of weeks <laughs> for us <laughs> tweeting is its own job it it totally is. Is. yeah yeah <laughs> twitter I, twitter manager maybe <laughs> who knew who time. knew that tweeting would be hard man i, I thought you just like put what you thought out there and just, yeah and, People would just like it. No, you have to be clever. Yes, yes. No, <laughs> the amount of thought. The amount yeah. of thought. And you think you're like, this is going to be the best tweet ever. And then it falls flat on his face. And you're like, okay. Right, right, right. Oh, never you're mind. Patting, <laughs> yeah, patting yourself on the back for one. And it's like, yeah, here we go. hundred <laughs> likes. And it's like, no. Nope. And then the, the, the one you just had no idea that was going to be. You just like pull it yes, out. Yes, no, that's totally. The one that, like, yeah. the one that has that like hits. a typo in it or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one that, <laughs> Half, half the time, I just want to use the, the little potato head Toy Story tweet that says, you uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Mm -hmm. But no, it's, it's fun, though. I mean, that's, you just got to make the most of it. Twitter yeah. is so much fun because like, I get to interact with folks like you, you know, other people. I've always loved interacting with people that are far away from me, like via pen pal when back when we used to send letters, mm -hmm. you know, and then yeah. when. The internet came along and you were able to interact with people in even farther places and just connect with them and then video and everything came around i mean it just to me i was always headed this way so this is great i, I love it <laughs> and you you've got a rather rather large uh twitter following so you you're pretty you're pretty much a celebrity ah. on, the, on the star wars community <laughs> I, i've been lucky enough to be able to meet people that introduced me to even like other podcasts and other people so it just kind of mm -hmm. especially after chicago celebration it totally blew up mm -hmm. i mean because that that was a great experience I, i'm never going to forget that that's been my favorite con that i've ever been to that's what i was gonna ask you about actually now before i kind of go in more into a, a little bit more personal questions about you i did want to sure. ask about if you have been <clears throat> to any celebration clearly you just said that you've been to Chicago. So Mo and I were actually at that celebration, yeah. as we have mentioned a couple of times on the oh, podcast sweet. before. And I remember that uh, we had like a, a a goal in mind when we went to the celebration, which was basically to do everything that we didn't do <laughs> in Star Wars in Orlando. Celebration Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. Because all yeah. three of us, all three yeah. of us were in Orlando. And like we had a very different mindset when we went to Orlando and we were yeah. like, okay, we're too cool for school. So we, you know, <laughs> it's like we we like Star Wars, but we're the cool kids. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we kind of much like, uh, I mean, we're, we're friendly, but we're pretty shy about like just going out and, you know, meeting like 
people we don't know. So we didn't really get to like make too many new friends um, mm. when we were in Orlando. So when we were in, in Chicago, we were like, okay, let's try to be a little different. And we succeeded in being a little different. We still, you know, we still <laughs> a little, just, just a, a smidge. So we went to a couple of the uh, post-celebration activities and tried to yeah. speak to more uh, people uh, at the convention per se. So we did get to meet uh, some people. Obviously, at the time, we did not have the podcast, so we uh, didn't you know, have any connective tissue, so to speak, of yeah, like yeah, how to yeah. spread out and start meeting people. So why don't you tell us about how the experience was for you in terms of going into Chicago and then you know, networking right, with the community of fans? Yeah, yeah. So when my first Star Wars convention was Anaheim, um, you know, and that was fun, but I didn't know anybody like into a couple of people. So I was able to interact when I went there and everything. And I did not get to network with people. Like, again, it's like you didn't think about that. Right. You're just kind of focused mm -hmm. on being there going to the panels, buying a lot of stuff you don't need, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Back. But, right? <laughs> and then when Chicago rolled around, like I had started to meet more people online. And so, you know, I get there and I start interacting with some friends and then they connect me with other people. And then at one point, um, you know, where the big uh, X-Wing fighter was uh, mm -hmm. out there on the floor, right? Yep. The, the podcasters all happen to meet in this one area and I happen to end up meeting with them. And the next thing I know, I'm surrounded by all these people that I interact with online that I hadn't met in person yet. Mm -hmm. And it was surreal because, you know, it was just cool talking with them. I didn't even know where to begin, right? Um, and then we went to Steele's uh, event at the brewery uh, later that weekend. Mm -hmm. And that, mm -hmm. I mean, again, just meeting all these people being surrounded by people that you interact with just online. And it's also real all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, and you meet somebody and some, sometimes you already connect with them online and you meet them in person. It's even more so, you know, and you're like, this is why I interact so well with this person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, all those friendships from there have just grown and grown and grown and then being a guest on podcasts and just getting out. And then of course, you know, hooking up with pink milk, everything has changed so much since then. So by the time we get to the next celebration, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Cause I'm, I'm so looking forward to hanging out with so many of these people that I've already met. And some of the ones that I've started to get to know along the way. So you would say that, uh, Celebration Chicago was in some sense kind of a renaissance for Star Wars podcasting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think <laughs> every one of them is in that sense because, I mean, like I said, the panels are fantastic. You know, getting all the toys and the merch, that's so cool too. But for me now, it's the friendships and everything and just getting to hang out with the people, you know, that I talk with online every day and just spending time with them and making those new memories that are a big big pull for me now so that's i cannot wait for anaheim i mean and, and you know and after the lockdown and everything that's happened it's gonna be super mm. emotional so i, I can't okay. wait <laughs> yeah it, it will it, think, yeah i'm so looking forward to it <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's roll back the clock a little bit now we're mm -hmm. talking about celebration chicago which is obviously now i think it's been two years since Jeez. that time flies, yeah. and let's go a little further I, I back and talk, <laughs> and talk a little bit about you. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what uh, what your background is, is like, okay. what, 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 tell, tell us who Mark is. All right. Well, <laughs> me. Right. So, I mean, I was born in the SF Bay Area, in San Francisco, actually. 
Um, and I've lived in San Jose, California for most of my life now, but now I'm moving back to SF. So I'm going back home soon. It's going to be great. Um, and ever since I was a kid, I mean, I've just been into geeky things. And my mom introduced me to all that I should add. Mm -hmm. She introduced me to Star Wars. She introduced me to Star Blazers. You know, all that good stuff that like formed me as the geek that I am. So I, I, I look to her, you know, the apple does not fall far from the tree. And she's just like the one who guided me in my geeky journey. And I took it from there. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, she that's, always, that's best, I take her to all guy. the Star Wars movies, by the way. When I when a new one comes out, she's got to be there with me. So I that's always awesome. make sure she goes with me. Um, and my family is originally from Guatemala. So um, they all moved to the East Coast and then started moving to SF. And then we all got concentrated into SF at some point, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's, you know, where my family comes from. But I also have some Salvadorian family because, you know, family members have married into other families. Mm -hmm. And so our, mm -hmm. our, it keeps growing and growing, you know. Um, but yeah, as far as my journey, I mean, I just, I, I've always been, Star Wars is, just always been a huge part of my life I mean it's just like I look back to like when I first saw the movie and it was just like this is incredible and then Empire came around and I'm a little older and I was like this is fantastic you know and mm -hmm. then I was a lot more aware by the time I got the Jedi to where I was like this is the greatest thing ever it's like nothing's ever going to be better than this you know and that's the way it <laughs> stayed in my mind you know yep. um you know it just it, it's it's amazing how much that those set of films have had such a huge impact on my life. I mean, because look, all these years later, I'm here talking with people, I'm connecting with you guys, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm meeting new people all the time and making new friendships. I mean, over the summer, everything that's happened with meeting Brian, being a part of his podcast, and then becoming part of Pink Milk, I didn't see that coming. I mean, it just, all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I'm part of a podcast and I'm getting to know new folks and everything. And I just, I'm so thankful because last year was tough. But yeah. the, the things that came out of it too, there's so many positives that I'm like, I will take them. I was like, this is great. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's like, it take the good with the bad, but you know, that's, I don't know. And I also, I'd say as far as stuff that I love outside of that, Indiana Jones, I'm an eighties kid. Yeah. So I grew up on Indiana Jones, <laughs> ET, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of what else. And we're getting on you Indiana Jones. Yes, I know. Oh, that should be cool. Yes. And I, I love, yeah. And I love beer as well. So yeah, my, my partner, David and I are like huge beer geeks. We just, that's part of our vacations, wherever <laughs> we go, we got to hit up breweries, you know, got to try new beers and foodies as well, I should say. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it definitely fun to check your Facebook or Twitter and see all your check-ins <laughs> for all the breweries. And it's like, oh man, what am I doing with my life? I'm going to be drinking like PBRs and 312s here. Switch it up. <laughs> I gotta step, step up the game, Goose. I know, I know. <laughs> but yes, I, I hope that covers it. Um, but yeah, I and I, like I said, I, I love interacting with folks online and getting to meet new people and just have new experiences because, like, there's so much out there and there's so much content to like take in. I mean, with the MCU movies too. It's like when we don't have Star Wars, it's like there's the MCU, right? Yeah. It's like, it's so cool to like, we're like, okay, we take a little break from Star Wars and let that stew for a bit and we'll come back mm -hmm. to it. But then these are the, you know, these great contact that we're getting on TV. Cause luckily 
everything got transferred over the digital like we're seeing it on tv now you know because yeah. it, it happened at the right time because otherwise i think we would all be super bored <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned yeah. pink milk though uh for people who listen to us or watch us on youtube they know that we've had brian on the show before and he talked about pink milk obviously so uh before you getting recruited so to speak right to be on Pink Milk with your other co-host, were you a part of any podcasts or were you active listening to podcasts? What was your involvement in that community before Pink Milk uh, okay. came up? So about 10 years before that all happened, um, I used to be connected with this uh, group of podcasters from the UK and we had gotten to know each other online and became friends. I ended up meeting them in person. We had a big meetup in the UK at one point in London. That was fantastic. Really cool. Oh, so it was the best. <laughs> and um, from those podcasts stemmed off all the people that were listeners to, they started making their own podcasts, which included myself and my friend Mindy. We ended up making a movie review podcast called The Devil and Miss Mindy, right? Mm-hmm. Because my online name is El Diablito. So I, mm-hmm. you know, that we that's what we went with, right? I um, mean, we did that for a long while until we just got too busy and we couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, you know, I, I would guess on, on podcasts and everything. And so that after that ended, I'd been primarily just guesting. And it wasn't until Brian asked me to become um, part of the roundtables last summer for The Mandalorian that, you know, he said, well, you know, we're a queer podcast, you know, we'd love for you to come on. And I thought, oh, this is something new because I've never, I never thought about having myself and my identity, who I am and putting it all out there like that. This is, wow. And like, I was almost apprehensive at first. I was like, do you want to share that much about myself? And I was like, why not? You know, it's like, what are, what are you afraid of? What are you scared of? Just do it. And I did. I took the leap and I got to meet some fantastic people. And then shortly after that, Brian hits me up again and says, hey, you know, I'm, we're starting this other branch of like Pink Milk on Friday nights and we want to do a live stream. How would you feel about that? And again, there was an apprehensiveness because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the video. I'm like, live. <laughs> okay. I, was like, I was like are you getting enough I'm like again I was like just do it get out of that comfort zone you know just do it and and it's been one of the best decisions that I've made in my life because I, I get to interact with Brian and Emma every Friday night and we get to talk Star Wars and we get to be ourselves and it just it's great. I, I'm so thankful to the both of them to be able to have that opportunity to express myself every Friday night and just hang out with them and, and talk with all the great people that come and say hi in the chat as well, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's like I said, this whole last year has been a whole bunch of new experiences I did not see coming, but I'm so thankful for them. No, and I've been on those live streams on the chat and you have you guys have like a super positive and uplifting community. So it's a it's a really fun space you guys have over at Pink Milk. So congratulations on that. I mean, that's always Thank a, you. <laughs> a great thing yeah. to have, you know, because what's the point of any group or fandom if it's not going to be positive and uplifting? Yes. There's no point mm-hmm. in my mind mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, Brian, Emma, and yourself, you guys didn't know each other before the podcast? No, no. We, we literally over the round table because they had started off as a big group. It was a, a big group of people, but little by little people and their commitments, you know, had to start like kind mm-hmm. of like bowing out. And so it ended up being this tight new little group, like Hope was part of that initial group mm-hmm. as well too. 
um, and uh, Mark Marquis was also on there as well. And so Mark actually I had met in person in Chicago. So I knew him from okay. you know before already. So it was cool to interact with him there. But um, yeah, it just, you know, we just clicked. It's just one of those mm-hmm. things that, you know, when you meet somebody, you automatically feel so comfortable around them and you're able to just mm-hmm. share yourself because literally what we did, what happened on the Mandalorian roundtable was we got to talk Star Wars. We got the, to do a deep dive, but then it was also a deep dive of ourselves and what we shared mm-hmm. and, and, and putting ourselves out there the way we did. It, it just, it created this little cool little bubble of magic that like I again I was mm-hmm. so surprised I didn't think it would happen that way and even Brian too was like I just this is great I can't believe this has turned out this way and so we just took that and you know kept going with it with the show mm-hmm. and so um you know and then obviously you know through Brian and his husband you know they do their own show mm-hmm. earlier in the week yeah. they usually put it out on Wednesdays and it's great to hear them too because it's like mm-hmm. with, with Tom not being the biggest Star Wars fan, he's a fan, yeah. but you know, he's just like a casual, which I hate using that word, but you know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 he just, you know, it's cool to get that perspective because obviously, folks like us, we take it all very seriously, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we do, <laughs> it's in our blood, <laughs> but, um, but it's so nice <laughs> to get the perspective of like somebody who's just like a step away from it and sees it all from the outside because, like, my partner tells me too, and he goes, Oh, I may like Star Wars. And he goes, but I hadn't realized how much somebody could love a series of movies or, or you know, everything that Star Wars is until he met me and, mm-hmm. and you know, the way I <laughs> yeah. love it. So it's funny because I don't think of myself that way. I just, this is how I simply am. I've, I've been this way since I was a kid. And so for somebody from the outside to see me and say like, well, you know, we can tell you love Star Wars a lot. I mean, all you can do, you walk into my office at work, you can tell that you love Star Wars a lot. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything's there. Like, yes. Yeah. Not say There's I do not no know about mistakes. Star Wars. <laughs> not so good all. to be surrounded by people that make you feel comfortable and just going yeah. out and yeah. just yeah. loving yeah. what you love. Uh, but for people, I mean, I think most of the people that listen to us slash watch us know that you know Pink Milk is a a big friend of the show uh, but uh, for the people who don't know or aren't familiar with pink milk why don't you give us a rundown of what is pink milk and what is like your goal as a podcast so uh, i'll speak you know i'll channel brian here um <laughs> you know we are a podcast where we talk star wars queerly and and again that that the freedom to be able to do that because when i was a kid and obviously i hadn't come out yet you know even though i love star wars I didn't think about any of that, you know, and how mm-hmm. me, my identity as a queer person, how that would all connect via Star Wars and connecting with other queer fans and everything. And to be able to have that space to be able to come and share yourself and just be yourself and not have to worry about it, you know, with, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like you, you can't be open about certain things. I just, I didn't, I didn't know I needed it in my life until it came along. And then I was like, this is pretty fantastic. It's like, I can't mm-hmm. believe I get to do this, you know, with other people, like-minded people that are open um, every week now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want people to be able to see that because you, you, you know, it's an, it's an inviting environment to come and share yourself and be yourself. And, you know, and, and it's all stems from what Brian has created because he and what Tom started is what got us to this point. And so, 
I just, like I said, I'm super thankful because even if I wasn't on the show, just to be able to have that outlet is a big deal. And, Mm -hmm. and again, you know, a lot of times we don't think about that, that representation as we're growing up until we start getting out and we might feel a little removed from everything, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I can't really talk to anybody about this. It's like, oh, I thought that particular character was cute. Or I ship these particular people, but Mm -hmm. I can't talk with these people about it, you know, and to have that outlet again is I, I fully appreciate it and not just as a person who's involved in it, but just for the fact that it's out there because it's like, I, I hope other people know that they can come in and discuss that with us and, you know, hopefully be and, and be a guest if they want to on there and bring a new perspective because that's the other thing too. M and Brian and I, we just leave the door open to what, how people might interpret it because Sometimes we're not going to see it a certain way. Well, M might because M is all knowing. Um, <laughs> but just to be able to bring a perspective to us that we may not have like been able to take in when watching these movies, and and those two have done it to me already. There's like I'm like I never thought about it that way, you know. And it's just completely changed the way I mm-hmm. think about you know the movies, and not just the original uh, trilogy, but just in general what we've seen in the the prequels and the sequel trilogy and and all the new material i mean it's just awesome to get different perspectives and take them in and be open to them you know mm-hmm. even for the stuff that you may not even necessarily care for but it's just it, it's nice to have that outlet so I'll, I'll leave it at that so before i repeat myself too much <laughs> no no no, uh, <laughs> no but, but, but thank well you for, yeah like again like you said like that expression and being able to like you people don't know what they might be missing until they actually have seen it so yeah exactly uh, and it's, and like uh, kind of writing off on uh, what you mentioned i had a question for you since like you have been involved like with the podcasting community have like more more knowledge on that like before pink milk and like this is me being right ignorant uh like uh, what podcasts are doing right out there like had there been like a podcast that was a queer focus for star wars before that or or yeah know? i mean and that there are there are other communities out there in other places but it's all about you know here's the thing it there's more options out there now which is fantastic and you may gravitate towards some and some would be like oh this is not for me and it doesn't have to be you know what i'm saying but there's no reason to think about them negatively they just simply right. have their own niche, right? They want to do their own thing. They're like, this is for me. This is not for me, you know? But but just the fact that we have that option now, I, I love it. Because before, you know, it was just very much, you know, a sausage fest. And, and, mm, that's what I was going to Yeah, and now there's so many different voices and so many different places that you can go to and find and, and feel safe at and just be able to enjoy it that, you know, it, it, and, and it keeps growing. I mean, it's like you keep seeing all the new folks that have come through in like the last couple of years, like uh, Sisters with Savers. I love seeing, I mean, just they popped on the scene. It's like they were always there. It just, I love that. I love that. It's just like, you know, just, you just start and like you hit the ground running. See, and, and, and you guys as well too. I mean, just literally, it's so great to see positive voices come into this fandom 
and become part of the family, you know, and I, that I appreciate. And I just, I can't wait to see what keeps coming because there's going to be a whole new generation of folks who are going to want to put their voices out there. And then next thing mm-hmm. you know, we're the older guard and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and they're showing us, you know, how to do things. So there's that. <laughs> right. Because uh, my, my question stems from, from basically what you're talking about, which is for the longest time, even, even I think that to this day, for those who might not be as, you know, as into the Star Wars fandom community as some of us might be, it, it would still appear to be, you know, like a community that's mainly dominated by, you know, male white cis guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I feel that in a way, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for the last couple of years uh, to obviously now, like that, not necessarily that it's changing, but it's whitening. And yes. like uh, these voices, like, uh, uh, you with pink milk or insisted with sabers and geeky waffle too that are bringing in you know, different perspectives and, and identities right into the fandom yeah. are kind of making a, a bigger mark and a bigger uh, a place for the community uh, how do you feel that representation is uh, kind of occurring uh, in 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 the community and it first right i think this is a two-pronged question first in the yeah. community and the fandom and then yeah. we'll talk you know right about what Lucasfilm is doing. <laughs> well, even before, like, I, I, when I was in Chicago, I don't know if, did you folks get to sit in on the um, Star Wars Representation Matters panel out there? Well, so, because I don't, so I was able to stop in and, and it was great because, wow. you know, even before you saw what's happening now, there was always a push to have that representation out there, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it hadn't happened yet. Again, Sausage Fest, a lot of dudes just, you know, talking on their podcast. And don't get me wrong, that's not a bad thing because there's a lot mm-hmm. of great ones out there, you mm-hmm. know? A lot of great accepting people that, you know, were had started all this beforehand. But then, you know, when people felt, you all like, I want my voice added. And, you know, it's just seen it grow and grow and grow. And, and I saw it like it, it may have obviously started before Star Wars representation matters, but I loved when I started seeing that focus. Right. Um, and it's just grown and grown and grown. Um, and I, I just think that by the time we get to Anaheim, there's going to be a pretty good group of us that can really be able to get together and feel welcome together. You know, that I didn't have that in Chicago and that's okay. Because like I said, I've met a lot of other fantastic people, but it's going to be so nice to be able to see each other. The people that have put that themselves out there this way since then, and to be able to interact with them, you know? And, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then the other part you were asking about Lucasfilm, I mean, obviously they've got a ways to go, but <laughs> <laughs> they may mean well, yeah. they may mean yeah. well, but yeah. it's like, you know, they're just barely dipping the toe in their water. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? We got a lot of money too. So like, you know, we like spending it. How about you just, you know, throw us a little more than just a little kiss in the background of a movie or, you know, um, but book wise, there seems to be more representation. We're seeing that a lot more and that's great, but but again, you want to see these characters interact. And, you know, unfortunately, like with like Poe and Finn, you know, what happened there, which we would have all loved to have seen, it didn't happen the way it did, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully the next time things will be a lot more different, you know? I mean, and, and, and they have to take that leap eventually because it's like, 
you know, if they're scared, oh, well, you know, what if that, you know, pe- people don't want to watch the movie because of that? And it's like, well, you know what? It's real life, you know, whether you like it or not, we're not, not going to yeah. disappear. You got to put it out there at some point, um, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's going to be interesting to see what Lucasfilm does in the end, but it, it is a little tiresome to be waiting so long for that representation from them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially because sometimes it's like they take one step forward and two steps back. So it's yes. like, just, just you know, yes. take a deep yeah. breath and take the plunge and do it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes well, it feels like they're apologetic about it. Right? Yes, because Sorry, they guys, do the right time. thing and have some representation, yeah, yeah. but then they kind of yeah. backpedal a little bit when they see yeah. the backlash from a certain group of fandom, which yeah. I don't know why they, they are, you know, they <laughs> care about them so much. It's like, they're just loud, but who cares about them? They're the minority here. Yeah, yeah. Yes, have a coordinated effort to dislike everything on YouTube that's High Republic focused. But. Yeah, and so you're seeing it. I mean, like, I, what was this last year where we got to see uh, Justice on that one segment? I don't know if you saw that segment with the with uh, the person named Justice and their cosplay and everything. It was fantastic. Mm, it was like the first right. time you yeah, see such yeah. a high profile queer person on you know in one of their videos and i was like this is really cool like they're obviously they're listening you know and it, and it's gonna get there and how it all works out you know we don't know what's ahead we might see something you know that we weren't expecting all of a sudden but you know they just need to do like i don't, I don't know do you guys ever watch the show the orville i have not i have not I okay keep, so I it's keep a, hearing it's, about it and i hear it's yeah. great but it, it's a great little show it's much like it might be ripping on star trek but it's also an homage to it you know and there's two characters on there that are like kind of like the klingons from star trek you know these guys are very honor bound and they're very masculine and you know just very aggressive right and they have these these two male characters that are supposed to be like that and they're partners and the way that it was incorporated in and the way it happened i was just like taken aback because it's like it didn't even feel like you know forced and and, and i, and I understand right. when you know sometimes it does feel forced i'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie that it feels like but with these guys i was just like this is great the interaction is there the way they care about each other and then they had one episode where they have a baby and one of, and they're on their planet it's like they get switched from like being i want to say from female to male at some point and it was a big discussion between them too as to whether they wanted to do this to their child or not and just the wow. subject matter blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe they kind of like snuck this in there and did it in the way that Star Trek would do it. Like the way it would do it before with like Next Generation and the original series with any, whether it be race or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just these hard political subjects that they're going to sneak them in and do it in such a clever way that you don't realize you're having your mind widen and, and your eyes mm-hmm. opened, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I was like this little show that, you know, I kind of disregarded them all just kind of blew my mind right now. And that's what I want to see in star Wars. It's like, you know, yeah. challenge us, show mm-hmm. us something that, you know, expands people's minds without them feeling like they're being force fed these things you know because Mm -hmm. it simply is we simply are on this planet existing and that's the way it should be in star wars you know and so i think the sooner they kind of wise up and realize that the the easier it's going to be them to incorporate queer people into star wars so Mm -hmm. agreed i mean if star trek 
has been able to do it organically since the <laughs> beginning, so to speak. Yeah. There's no reason why. But, 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 but I think that's, that's a good point. It not only goes to what's represented, it goes all the way to the writing and the way things mm -hmm. are developed from the beginning. Like it's not, it's not just like a slap in the end, like, oh, let's just slap mm -hmm. these characters that are <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> without any like thought on the writing end. Yes. What yeah. the background story is going to be like. So, so yeah, that's the good challenge. Like yeah. make it compelling. Yeah. It, I did have like one, like other one, I think uh, to kind of wrap up more of like the uh, getting to know you segment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, we're going to keep discussing, right? Since we're right on this topic of fandom and representation. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I wanted to uh, get your opinion on in terms of uh, the community fandom and then in terms of like our identities, like obviously we had tried out before, all three of us are Puerto Rican. So, one of our, not, not the main focus, obviously our main focus is to discuss uh, our nerd whimsies and Star Wars and pop culture and whatnot, but uh, our Puerto Ricanness is, you know, it's ingrained in us, right? So yes, we, yes. So we always, in a way, try to uh, have that seep through into what we're talking about and like not have it be the main focus of our show or yeah. our tweets or whatever, but also try to keep that in the discourse, you know, because it's something that identify us so we want to try to do a you know public service announcement so to speak into like what's <laughs> happening and like some sort of issues and whatnot yeah. Uh, yeah i feel a lot of podcasts also do that in terms of what their uh, goals and and things that they want to have represented and shown uh, projected out there uh, but do you feel that in a way there are some voices especially like in the communities that we are in that aren't highlighted as much as other voices. And when I say that, like I, I very specifically mean like Hispanic and Latinx, Latine, whatever yeah. we want to call them. If like that segment of the community isn't as uh, listened to or, or their voices aren't augmented as much as other voices in the fandom, what do you feel? How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I totally get that because I feel like lately now, like, you know, with the podcast and everything, you know, my quote unquote queer voice, I get to express that more often, right? But I still feel like I don't get to express myself as, you know, a queer Latinx person enough, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, because to me, they're, they're hand in hand at this point, Um you know, but like being on here with you guys, that's, mm -hmm. it's a big deal to me. Just to yeah. be able to be here and express myself and, and and even be able to talk Spanish if I want, you know, and mm -hmm. and and because you connect with people the moment that you you run into somebody who speaks Spanish, it's like there's a camaraderie there already. Mm -hmm. You know, you you mm -hmm. get to express yourself the way you say certain words, you talk about certain things. We may all be very different from different countries and everything, but there's there's a mm -hmm. connective tissue there. There's certain mm -hmm. things that we grew up on, how very passionate we may be about our families, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. whether it be food that connects us, whatever, but just, you know, the language itself, it just, it opens doors. And um, I'm very thankful that I grew up learning Spanish as well too, you know, because I was able to talk to my abuelita as well. So thankfully, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, when she was alive, you know, and, but again, it's just to be able to connect with that. Um, so I don't think that I get to, you know, uh, I think this is the first time I actually get to use this word to express my, my Latinidad 
all that mm -hmm. often, mm -hmm. you know, but I would like to put it out there. Um, I think part of the reason why, like when we were talking about the subject for, for this podcast, um, yeah. the reason that prompted it also the other day, and I was thinking about it, it's like um, when Pedro Pascal had put a tweet out there thanking, you know, Guatemala and thank for Oscar Isaac, right? You know, and I was like, that's so cool. I love it. He's like, he's talking about Guate, you know, that's where my family's <laughs> from. And uh -huh. I said that I'm like, that's a great shout out because for me, since I was a kid and I started taking a deeper dive in the Star Wars, when I found out that they had done the Yavin 4 Masasi Temple scenes um, mm -hmm. in Tikal, in Guatemala, uh -huh. you know, it just, to me, it's like it opened up this door of like, oh my God, there's part of me in this, you know? And 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 like, this is really cool. Like I, I can say, you know, hey, that was filmed in part of, you know, my country. I may not be from that part up there, but still, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it just, to me, it's always been a big deal. And so just to be able to connect with that and have a little piece, you know, and whether it be an actor that comes from your own country or everything, it's like, you feel again going back to that representation like this just like it's so great to have that voice out there and that person being heard and and i'm loving that we're seeing more and more latino actors and and latina actresses in star wars and i hope that continues you know um luckily you know they we're getting some of them to come back you know and so who knows what's ahead but yeah i just for me i i, I don't think it gets Put out there enough but mm -hmm. i think with voices like yours and you know myself putting myself out there mm -hmm. it's just going to continue growing and growing but but you see it when like when you go online to like facebook groups and they're like there's there's a guatemalan star wars group and i love seeing them talk about it and i'm like oh it's so cool to see their perspective you know and what they love and like how they're following the fandom and everything and so it just i love that i love being able to see people from different countries and how they're seeing star wars through their eyes because it's not mm -hmm. the same you know mm -hmm. but i want to hear it and i want to hear it in their own words and how they see certain things because it's funny i mean here's a, a, something i saw the other day the way that some of those countries see the empire and the way they see the good guys and the way they compare america sometimes to that mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm like sitting there I'm like oh that's a little uh -oh. uncomfortable but they're not wrong <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so there's that <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think you hit the the, the you know the nail on the head with your interpretation of it because I mean at least uh, personally that's I feel like that's kind of a, a, I'm gonna say a wall even though that might not be the right material right maybe it's a little softer than you know, than, you know but at least like something that uh, I feel like we as a podcast have struggled with a little bit in terms of like having our voice amplified out there and is that uh, as opposed to like other you know uh, Natalie and I were talking about this before you jumped in but most of our listeners slash viewers are you know left-leaning and not you know full liberal yeah. and whatnot and something that i think that is very interesting is that they're always uh, into magnifying and amplifying uh, voices that suit a narrative and i think that's great don't get me wrong but i think it's interesting that when all of a sudden like some minority voices have something else that they want to amplify and have that be you know in that main discourse, it's somehow kind of pushed to the side or sidelined and ignored to yeah. like a, a very high degree, which I find very odd. 
uh, from you know this <laughs> this particular side of the fandom. I would expect it from a different side of yeah. the fandom. But yeah. I think it's something very interesting to discuss, uh, just because you know it is something that that happens, and I don't think it's a particularly conscious effort. I think it's one of those uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, sub subconscious things that just happen, but still needs to be said. Yes, yeah. you know. It, it happens and it's out there yeah. yeah i mean it's like with you have to think about it. it's like even though we, we, we want to be welcoming after a while it does get a little clickish and it may not mm -hmm. have started out that way but unfortunately mm -hmm. it's like you know it, it might be hard to let somebody new in it might be hard to think about something new sometimes you know change is difficult you know and even mm -hmm. for the kindest people or even for the people who are open to it it may not be easy for them to take and they don't know how to how to handle the new information mm -hmm. and so until you know it becomes part of like the everyday then you know you realize oh like why was i fighting it why did i not want to accept this new way of thinking or these this new group of people you know mm -hmm. so and, and and i mean it's hard to be welcoming the people that have a really negative attitude or just really angry all the time you know mm -hmm. and 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 so that's always going to be a problem because you know you don't want that element seeping into mm -hmm. positive fandom you know but we do need to listen to them a little bit but i don't want it to rot the whole you know barrel of apple yeah. so to speak so <laughs> it's like okay well we, we heard you you know just like that's nice but you know there, there there's 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 good criticism and bad criticism it's just all in the way it's presented you know because nothing is perfect star wars star wars is fantastic but i've learned that I can't be super precious about it too, because you know what? It's imperfect, but that's, we love those imperfections. And, mm -hmm. you know, even the worst Star Wars is still like, hey, it's still Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> so yep. <it's> that. <laughs> and there's always chance for improvement too. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah, just like people, just like, it's yeah. just like Everybody. us, you know, it's like, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about uh, Latinx, Latina, and Spanish-speaking communities in terms of Star Wars. I think it's a good point to kind of seg into one of the main topics of the of the of the of the day. And it was you know, aptly titled here "Estatic Wars." Uh, yes. when it was, we, we were going to we were going to discuss right the uh, impact of Star Wars in the Spanish-speaking community, which yeah. I thought was an interesting topic to. Uh, discuss because i remember when mo and i were discussing like what should our podcast be one of the main discussions in those days of yonder was <laughs> was should it be in spanish or what well, was it, it like a, a year and a half ago <laughs> Pro probably longer so we, we've had we've had some some drunk conversations years before that <laughs> uh and like one of the main discussions was always like should it be in spanish or should it be in english yeah uh, yeah and it, I mean, it was a fair, fair question. Obviously, one of the things we discovered, right, while doing like some research online to see like the communities, both in Twitter and YouTube, we found that there is like massive, massive fan groups uh, and podcasters and YouTubers. And, you know, particularly Spain and Mexico was like the yeah, main, yeah. main uh, pockets, right, that I that, uh, that I found. And at the end of the day, we ended up making like a conscious decision to, you know, move forward with English speaking so that we can have like a broader access to like more voices but also you know can I get that maybe in on the, on the Lucasfilm community 
kind of self-serving, obviously. Uh, but uh, <laughs> based <laughs> based on on seeing like that whole uh, Spanish-speaking community, uh, it was interesting then to note how Star Wars impacts them in particular, especially because for us, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico and having like that bilingual upbringing, like most of the movies when they came to the island, they were you know they were shown in both ways they were shown dubbed or yeah, in english yeah. subtitles uh, so me personally and i think all three of us uh, had the same experience we also saw the movies in english yeah, uh, yeah so we had that not barrier but that uh, our experience with them in terms of like how it impacted us in terms of the language barrier yeah. didn't yeah. really happen uh, yeah. So i was wondering like you told me you read some stuff about it so what 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 was your experience with that or what did you read so it's just funny because i think i try to take a deeper dive into the subject but there's not enough out there i was like i was like (laughs) i wish there was like a definitive like book about like the impact of it right and like the different Mm -hmm. names of the movies in different countries um but i only found like very surface level stuff which is unfortunate right um so thankfully some other stuff came up because i was like oh this is embarrassing i brought up this subject and there's not even enough to be able to talk about but obviously (laughs) we have found (laughs) plenty to talk about um but to me i think when i started noticing the big difference in how other people in other countries took this in spanish-speaking countries where when i was a kid my um cousins from guatemala came to visit right they came mm-hmm. you know it was around the time of my birthday and i remember them singing las mañanitas outside my window mm-hmm. when it was my birthday morning so i was like i'm never gonna forget that right <laughs> but i remember we connected talking about star wars and hearing them talk about the different characters and the way they saw it and everything and, mm-hmm. and the same magic that you know i that made me love it they they saw that too and i was like this is so cool we can talk about this subject it's like our lives are so different but we get to connect with this particular subject and it was just it was great you know um and yeah it's like like you were saying it's like for them they they would have seen it dubbed you know um i'm sure or subtitled i'm trying to remember do they do subtitled versions in in if there's if it's in english it'll be in subtitles or they just dub it completely i guess it's like the two ways that you see it right back in the day like they don't do this anymore as often Uh, but like back in the day when i was growing up they would have like two showings like the spanish dub and then the english with spanish subtitles but only for like big films though like not it was like for blockbusters and stuff the other ones they were just uh but to this day every single film shown in theaters has subtitles unless it's like in one of those like fine arts like artsy style yeah yeah but those are probably in another language anyway so they'll probably end up being subbed (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) and then if you think about it if they're dubbed they just like that i mean that is like a whole subject onto its own you think about all the actors that lent their voices to do these dub versions you know it's like I i would love to see the impact that that had in those countries um when it hit you know because it's like it, it must be interesting to see the english version you know but then there's this, yeah. this the spanish inflection and like the way things are said and everything and how different is a scene interpreted when it's in this particular language mm-hmm. i mean those are the things that fascinate me and that it fascinates me just in general just when i see 
German movies, French movies, you know, even movies from Spain, because obviously the Castellano Spanish is so different. It's, it's so different, formal. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so formal, but it's so <laughs> formal in the way that when they joke and say dirty things, it's funnier. At least it's yeah. always been yeah. for me. Yeah, because it, yeah. it sounds like so uptight and then it's yeah. like, they're so serious about it. It's like, what? <laughs> and they say something yeah. and the, it's funny because they'll do it in such a way where like the, the words that come out and you're like, I can't believe that those string of words just came out and they did it with such class. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things that I find really super interesting, you know, that just the differences and, and but but ultimately, again, it's just it all boils down to that magic that those movies put out there. That's mm-hmm. universal no matter what language it's in, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. visually and the themes, the music, the music alone, music is that language that we all share yeah. together, no matter where we come from. And so that's, that's beautiful. I, I love that so much because you can talk about that piece of music and we'll know exactly, we'll see eye to eye on that particular mm-hmm. piece that we love. And we don't need to completely understand each other to know that theme is one of the greatest themes in, in all mm-hmm. of the series and so forth. But I think- And the scores are so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. That that, that that goes beyond any language barrier. Right. Oh, yeah. Williams. Uh, I know. You were mentioning something. El about, maestro. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about Correct. dubs. Dubs that I found were interesting. I hadn't thought about anything. It's like, yeah, we had, you have like the whole groups of people that grew up watching these movies where like Mark Hamill's voice is not his voice. It's right. Some different yeah. actor's voice. Yeah. I think I think that's a really interesting perspective of looking at it were like like and even I mean not necessarily Spanish speaking but like other people in other countries that have their own dubbed versions grew up yeah. you know having different voices in their head for yeah. what these characters mm-hmm. are supposed to sound like yeah. completely <laughs> different to like you know what uh, most of us have been accustomed to listening yeah. to which is mind-blowing the closest thing to that that I've ever had was Dragon Ball Z yeah I remember <laughs> uh, while I was in middle school and high school uh, there, like, I would watch Dragon Ball Z twice. There would it'd be first, like in, in local TV in Telemundo. Yeah. Cherry. Uh, they, had, they had Chevy. Chevy. We <laughs> had uh, Dragon Ball Z in Spanish. And yeah. then after, and that was right after I came from school. So I would watch Dragon Ball Z in Spanish. And then after that, after I did my homework, Cartoon Network, then had Dragon Ball Z in English. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so I would watch like Dragon Ball Z in two languages wow. at the same time. Basically. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah and that's even that. before learning that Dragon Ball Z was actually in Japanese. The Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> right? So you get yeah. to get a third way of taking it in. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I got to love it. I, I think one of the, the best examples I've ever seen of, of that, um, you know, the, the stage musical um, Les Mis, right? Mm-hmm. For their 10th anniversary in Britain, um, they had this big concert where they performed the whole thing, you know, on stage, not like as there's the stage musical but they were just on microphones and they were acting out the parts right but when all was said and done and it got to the end they redid one of the main songs from it but they had a different cast member from all over the world do their part in their own language and let me tell you the tears that were rolling down my cheeks when i heard that because it was still like this is amazing I was like, yeah. it just made that song that much better and just to see mm-hmm. all the interpretations and everyone's beautiful language interpretation of it yeah. was just overwhelming you know and so yeah it's it's cool I, I i'm big on languages it's just one of the things that just like to mm-hmm. me i i love 
when I watched stuff from a different country, like the way they express themselves, you know, um, mm -hmm. how passionate people are and the way things, certain words come out and so forth, you know? Mm -hmm. So right. that, yeah, it's, like, it's a big, yeah. it's a big draw for me when I'm, I'm looking at a, a material or whether it be a TV show or whether it be, um, you know, a movie that, you know, sometimes it just, it doesn't work for me, but there are other times I'm like, that that hit harder because i saw it in the original language mm -hmm. and um right. you know but, but, that's uh, yeah that's, that's great <laughs> I, I i think that that reminded me of like uh for some reason hercules go the distance it, oh yeah it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it yeah. michael bolton mm -hmm. yes. amazing song by itself yeah, yeah. in spanish you had ricky martin which is like <gasps> yeah everybody in puerto rico was like yeah that was huge here it's huge <laughs> oh like, my god like, yeah. Ricky Martin was doing a Disney movie, yeah. and then the, we were the like, song, the, "The song is different." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah the song is different. Better, <laughs> it's better. Like, it, it, it complements <laughs> because one yeah. is about you know your journey, but the other is about love. Like, it changes the whole perspective of. So it's and and that's when you see like, wait, like, are we better off maybe consuming our media in two different languages? Like, yeah, yeah. Do, do we get something better out of it? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I do. I mean, I'll, like, well, I'll watch. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as Mo reminded me of, speaking of uh, translated songs, it was Total Eclipse, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, you know, yeah. Great song. Great song. English, Tyler's song, but, yes. But there's a version in Spanish, which is the superior version, which is like, <laughs> Eclipse Total del Amor. It's like, oh, crap. Wait, but who like, sings that version? Uh, I've never will, heard it. I will find out immediately and I will rock your world. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, there's, yeah, it's like I, when I'm watching certain TV Lisette. shows, like, um, who's it? Lisette. Lisette, which the yeah. news sounds familiar. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up. That's that's awesome. Um, like when I'm watching the the films of Almodovar, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I love having spent some time in Spain, learning the lingo, the way they talk, the way they express themselves. I was like, oh, I remember what that word means, or the way that you know, because it's formal, it's much more formal mm -hmm. than than what we're used to, but it's great to watch it because I'll always watch it. It's an original language with the subtitles on because the interpretations are not spot on. Right. And so yeah. I love it because I love hearing the, the original language. I'm like, Oh, that's so different. Why would they not try to like translate that a little better? But, but again, it speaks to the film because even those films that may get those subtitles that are not all that great, people end up loving the material so much because you can just tell you know, when somebody's acting their rear off in a scene and it still comes across just the way they handle themselves, with, yeah. especially with um, the Almodramas, it's like, oh man, mm -hmm. it's always there. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, but, uh, remember... Yeah. No, I, oh, I was because you said about the, the title translations, and the one that I will never get over is Home Alone, which in Spanish is Mi Pequeño Angelito. Oh my which God. Which no is totally sense. irony, right? Like the irony of it. <laughs> It should have been me pequeño diablito instead, but yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some, yeah, there's some. Uh, nothing comes to mind right now, but I know that there's some Spanish Spanish title translations that are just like, this makes zero sense to yeah. what this movie is uh, about. Thankfully, the Star Wars titles and they're translated make sense. Uh, like yeah. Ryan's T-shirt, like is the Empire yeah. Strikes Back, El Imperio contraataca. It's like this direct translation. I 
That's and great. Yeah. Like, like for some reason, I feel like the Star Wars movie titles translated to Spanish sound way more pulpy than yes. they do in English. Because <laughs> Attack of the Clones is an Attack of the Clones. It's like, I don't know why it's like just a one-to-one translation, but it's still like way yeah, pulpier, yeah. which makes it like that much more uh, fun, in my opinion. Yeah. The only one that's a little weak, I think, is Star Wars, which is like, if I like Galaxias, it's like, okay, wait. Yeah, it's yeah. Odd. I still like it, but not as... Not as catchy as Star Wars. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, totally. But, but, but totally. it stays with the pulpy aspect of it. Yeah. True, but yeah. extremely like, pulpy. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Feels, it feels like from its time, too. It feels very 70s. Pulp. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I even the Millennium Falcon, it's like El Alcón Millenario. It's like, what? no one called it that. Everyone just called it the Millennium Falcon. The yeah, best one is though, and this helps with like humanizing the droids, uh, Arturito. Yep, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hates this, yeah. It's not a number, like, <laughs> yeah, it's right. Like little author, that's his name. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I have a shirt that has him in silver on it and it says Arturito on it because I just loved it when I saw it. I was like, I gotta get that. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that was a thing until like Oscar Isaac said it. And and he was like, I was like, really? on set with Arturito and blah blah. And I was like, what? That's a thing? I had no idea. No, uh, like to me, it was the other way around. And it kind of like made me feel bad as a Latin person, <laughs> like that I did not know that was a thing. Well, no, but 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 it goes to show like how we consume yeah. our media. Like we yeah. we have the benefit mm-hmm. of like yeah, because we switch our we switch, we our, switch our brains, our... right? It's like yeah. Spanish or English or Spanglish. It's like three different things going on at the same time in our brains. Well, I I, very, I, I think they're like and I probably have to look for like citing, but they're like there's like at least like one or two like psychology like articles on like how being bilingual in a way you have there's like slight character changes between your mm-hmm. personalities and and like you can you can definitely like feel it depending on where you are and where you're living at and it's it's interesting mm-hmm. like how our brains almost like create different personas and like while we consume the media do we cater for those different personas as well like or i don't know i think i think it's fun i always like kind of like what nanny said like you had the Spanish subtitles with the English movie going on. And it, it just opens your mind more because you're at the same time, you're like, oh, translating your, mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're, yes. you're working your inner nuggings. A yeah, little bit and more. sometimes yeah. you're just like, that made no sense. Yeah, that's that not no sense. what that translates to. That's how school was yeah. for us too. I mean, um, yeah. Like yeah. when we were like in science or math class, our books were in English. But the class was in Spanish. Oh my so like god! Our, text, our textbooks were in English, but the class yeah, was in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So like we're yeah, you know, we're like doing yeah. both things at the same time while we're learning. That's and then so the tests were in English. Cool. Yep. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool though, because mm-hmm. then you get to know it in two different languages, and that that goes a long way. I never even thought about that. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's, Puerto Rico uh, is a weird uh, place. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I would. Yes, but, you, but you have tostones. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm a fongo. I'm a fongo. I'm a fongo. I'm a fongo. Yes. Um, Capurrias. We got all Capurria. the I have a friend that uh, he used to. I don't have access to this. Uh, please. I used to have a friend from college who um, who would come to visit every year because he started recruiting because I went to college in Boston, and he would come to Puerto Rico to recruit 
because he's um, he's originally uh, from Mexico and he comes to Puerto Rico to like recruit like Puerto Ricans to like and and in other places to uh, recruit Latinx people to go to college. Mm -hmm. And every time he came to Puerto Rico, he would have mofongo at least once a day. Every time, <laughs> o sea, he would come and he was like, Man, yeah, he was like in any shape and form. Like, I, he would come and be like, what are the really good places for mofongo? Because I'm having mofongo once a day. Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's, that's enough for a he was know, committed the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God bless him. I hope he's still alive. Eh. Awesome. <laughs> he is, he is still alive. Oh, hopefully it's like it just happens once a year. So it's like a like a he came to my event. wedding. Yeah. You could have ma met him, Goose, maybe. Maybe. Oh but God. he came to my wedding. wedding so. I was yeah. just thinking <laughs> everybody was. You can have like I and for some reason when you were saying hope he's still alive, all I thought in my head it was like you could have like a really cool punk band from PR called Death by Mofongo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm not gonna Death have a, probably not gonna have a band, but that could be like a podcast spin-off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a very, very possible death. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, but a good one. Go daily on a daily basis. Yeah, but yeah, that that's a good yeah, way. Yeah, what go. a way to go. That's a good <laughs> way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's switch gears a little bit now. I think we've uh, we've talked about like the identity politics a lot, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, but uh, since we're close to May the fourth, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and go into overdrive a bit on the Star Wars. And one of the main things that's gonna happen on May the 4th is that the long-awaited animated series, The Bad Batch is coming out. Uh, obviously we've seen a couple of trailers for it and Lucasfilm has been releasing uh, still images like the character posters for all the members of The Bad Batch in the last week. Uh, let's discuss like our expectations for the show a little bit. Like uh, obviously the animation style is the same animation style of The Clone Wars which leads some people to say that this is just like Clone Wars season eight. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk about that for a minute. Mark, why don't we start with you since you're our guest. What are your thoughts on Bad Batch, where it's going, what might happen, or are you excited for it? All those good things. So we were talking about this on Pick Milk the other night. And, you know, what, what we would like to see from the show, um, obviously, how it connects to order 66 is going to be great you see that yeah. the emperor's in there we see tarkin in there um how is omega going to figure into all this is that character going to kind of somehow snap and like make things a lot more difficult for them mm -hmm. or will they lose that character along the way in the journey you know um all those things you know now that they've like I, 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 it leaves the door open for like uh, Brian was saying that, you know, for a section of Star Wars that we've not seen a lot of, and especially from the clones perspective. And I think that's what I want to see is that from that side, what happened, you know, how are they going to escape what happens within order 66? Um, do they turn bad for like a while? Are they able to find a way to get around the chip? Mm -hmm. Do they have a chip or not? You know, like those are the questions that I'm looking to see answered. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, and, and, if, and again, if I don't end up loving the show, I'm just the fact that it'll be somebody's doorway into, you know, the entry point for their Star mm -hmm. Wars and that's their Star Wars, then it's accomplished its job, you know? Mm -hmm. Not everything has to be for me, but that doesn't mean that mm -hmm. like a whole new generation of people are going to be like, 
this is so cool. I want to know more about Star Wars. And they start, you know, the deep dive into everything mm-hmm. else. So yeah, it, it'll, it, I'm sure it'll be fun, you know, if anything. Um, but I'm just, just great that we get something on May the 4th, right? Because normally it's just yeah. merch and, you know, other little yep. things that happen, but we get an actual show on that day. So, hey, that's already a win. Yeah. And don't we get it? It's like 70 minutes, right? So we mm-hmm. get like, yes. yeah. Yeah. Big and episode. Then, and then one later <laughs> in the week. So yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a good week. <laughs> Agreed. What are you what are you thinking, Mo, about uh Bad Batch? Honestly, I've not I'm not like even setting like expectations for it. Uh I've I, I still stand with my the first time I saw the Bat Batch, I was like, "Wait, are this the X Men?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that in my mind, I'm gonna, oh, maybe we'll just see like a new X Men series, but with the <laughs> Bat Batch clones. But I'm, I'm excited to see how they are gonna, how they're gonna relate it to the already established plot lines, mm-hmm. and how that's gonna either advance whatever's gonna happen down the road with the mandalorian and the whole like ahsoka story i want to see if that there's an impact to that mm-hmm. or if it's they're just completely divorced from it uh i, I think it'll be interesting uh i'm excited for it so that's another star wars show it's i, I like i are we ever not going to be like, oh, it's a Star Wars show. I'm not going to consume that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's face it. We're, we're, whatever they put out there, we'll, we'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. every, every one of those fans that always say, like, I'm done with Star Wars. Star Wars is dead. They're the first ones in line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. screening for the new movie. And, yeah. you know, they're connecting. Yeah, they, with the special there. edition cup and everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Nanny? What are your thoughts on Bad Batch? <laughs> well, one of the things that I love about the Bad Batch is that the Bad Batch is all about this, like, representation, because all of them, you know, they're mutants. They're supposed to be, like, completely, you know, different from their brothers. They're not even considered really clones. And somehow yeah. those things that were considered their flaws, it's what makes them more powerful and able mm-hmm. to do all these things that the regular clones weren't able to do. So I would really like to focus more on like learning about each of these characters and, and you know, what drives them and what makes them work so well together. So that's what I'm really actually looking for is that character development of the Bad Batch. Yeah, I thought it was interesting though, because I think they released a trailer yesterday yeah. or Friday, uh, which I don't know if they had done this in the original trailer, but uh, something that caught my eye was that Omega speaks in this new trailer and her accent or their accent uh, was, you know, was kind of a New Zealand uh, accent like Thames. So kind of leads mm-hmm. credence to everyone's theory that she might be like the last clone that Camino produces. Uh, so like, I think that might be like interesting, especially going forward, with especially what you were saying, Mo, in terms of tie-ins with Mandalorian, because we already saw the vat full of clones in that one episode in season two. And now we have Omega, who is like a clone, at least, well, not confirmed yet, but who seems to be a clone with blonde hair. So she's starting to, they're, they're starting to look different from like all the base clones and Fennec Shands in the show too. So I don't know, there's going to yeah. be like some sort of a synergy with everything, which like I'm like on board, but also off board with, because I think Star Wars is, it's not like the MCU, right? Where it's like everything's on Earth, 
all the stories are easier to interconnect in terms of like a larger narrative. Yeah, but Star Wars is such a big galaxy that I'm like, hey, we can go into like, you know, have stories live independently. Not everything needs to connect. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it if it connects in an organic and makes sense for the story. Uh, so, so we'll see. I mean, and I do dig the animation style for Clone Wars. You know, I know Nami was not a fan. It grew on me. First. It took me a while. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've always, and that's something that I've always found interesting. People that were like uh, apprehensive about the animation style, because even since day one, I was like, "Oh yeah, this looks. Oh, this is a real cool animation style." For for, for Clone Wars when it first came yeah, out yeah. from the movie, I, oh, I, I well, agree. Movie, it was, it, yeah, the movie was, ugh. but uh, the show, it's like, and that's why it was hard for me at first with the show. But then, like as it went on, I was like, "But this is Clone Wars now. This is the animation that you get with Clone Wars," and so it just became synonymous with it. And I yeah. didn't think about it, you know, but but for me, it was a little bit of a shock at the system at the beginning because I was like, oh, this yeah. looks like those weird like TV shows where like, you know, you can tell it was generated by a computer. And so, yeah, but once the movements yeah. became more fluid and they looked mm -hmm. a little bit more human, it just all changed. You know, obviously they got a better budget, more money went into the mm -hmm. series yeah. and, you know, yeah. then it became the beautiful series that we all love now. Yeah. And yeah, then I especially mean, by season seven, which is when we're introduced to the Bad Batch, like the animation yeah. had really like yeah. stepped it up a notch. Yeah. 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 But I still actually in animation, I still do prefer 2D over 3D animation. So that's just, you know, preferences. I think it's, an it's an interesting thing because uh, with Rebels, particularly for me, it kind of proved that if the story is good, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Uh, yep. obviously, I mean, obviously there's an artistry to that, that like I can appreciate one thing more than the other, but it, it proves that the story can transcend it. Is I mean, I'm to this day, I've, I'm still not a big fan of the uh, Rebels animation style. I like the animation uh, on Rebels better than Clone Wars. But the story, honestly. But the story is amazing. <laughs> oh, well, and I have the art of Rebels because, uh, you know, they still, there's still some beautiful art uh, in there, but the story transcends it. And I think that's what kind of at the end of the day matters like yeah story which is something i think that resistance also had going for itself too it's just like okay we're gonna divorce ourselves completely from uh resist uh, from rebels and clone wars and just do like our own completely different animation style so that's something that i think lucasfilm should keep going on going in the future it's like each story just has its own unique i mean the animated stuff it's live action it's live action uh, but the animated yeah. stuff just has its own look depending on like what story they're telling be cool, so I think be cool it, if we had like something like the animatrix animation at some point oh yes well isn't that what visions is supposed that's, to be that's why i'm so looking forward to visions yeah me too oh and the fact wait. that there's going to be different artists for a diff for each episode so mm -hmm. each episode is going to look completely different i'm yep. super looking forward to visions yep me too <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of, in a way, ties into like I think the final uh, topic for the day. I think we had like a really good spirited conversation, but we're approaching the end. It's uh, May the fourth. Uh, obviously, as you were mentioning, Mark, May the fourth is kind of a fan holiday that like <laughs> wisely uh, decided to kind of take corporately back for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, usually known for uh, just merchandise, uh, but sometimes they do release trailers and do special announcements for yeah. maybe a book or something uh do we think that since we didn't have celebration last year uh 
well, let me backtrack. Because we didn't have celebration last year, I think that they've some of the things that they were planning to announce, they've kind of sprinkled it out through the year and thrown things out that were like, for example, like the Thrawn book or the Light of the Jedi exclusives. I think they were supposed yeah. to be like convention exclusives and they just released them throughout the throughout the year. Uh, so do we think there was something that they've been saving off from a celebration or some other announcement point that they're like gonna shock us with and surprise us on May the 4th and just surprise us with maybe like a new project or a trailer for something that's ongoing? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, well, if we finally get some Kenobi stuff, it would be great because it looks like it's starting <laughs> to bubble up to the surface where we're like getting to the point where like, okay, we we got people's attention. Let's give them a little something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other thing that they should finally put a date on um, is the the Lego Skywalker Saga mm -hmm. uh, game because people have been waiting on that. It's just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. So hopefully that finally gets something new. But I mean, I, I don't know that there's too many. I mean, because we, we had so many like projects announced this last year during that one yeah. event that i was like whoa it's like that's a lot right mm -hmm. but again if they want to showcase some of those like these are ready to like we want to see we want you to see what's coming Happening, but now yeah. you get a little mm -hmm. bit more of a visual like teaser here you go that would be great you know because mm -hmm. why not on, on on what's considered now star wars navidad so you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. let's do Give it us some presents yes <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i feel like something is gonna happen if you go on disney plus right now they already have the banner for the banner form. yes so yeah. which is amazing by the way yeah. um so i'm here's hoping that there's some sort yeah. of announcement you know uh yeah. i do love that may the 4th has become such a huge thing because before you would mm -hmm. like post them randomly like may the 4th and nobody would get it like what are you no, talking yeah, about and yeah, now it's just become yeah. this like international huge thing and where it's like star wars navidad exactly <laughs> so, it totally it's is fantastic yeah. i love it yeah. yeah yeah and one way or another whatever happens all it ends up being is that we end up spending money <laughs> so, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. there's that's, gonna be goodies a, there's gonna be new merch yeah. there's gonna be yeah. all this Maybe. stuff they're like oh uh, i gotta to put money and... aside for that now it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah being a star wars fan is expensive totally yes yeah. <laughs> they, they, they know how to mail their products that's for sure yeah yeah i mean i don't know how some people keep saying that star wars is dead it's like have you seen all the star uh, hasbro black series that keep coming out have you seen all the publishing efforts or the comics that still oh. going into third and fourth printings you're gonna tell yeah, me it's that yeah. come on the lego sets alone too those the are lego like sets alone. Those, i love i love those and so it's like oh man i gotta put money aside for look there's there's this oh didn't cool you get buckets. the millennium falcon yes I, yeah. did you have you gotten it i i haven't i still haven't opened it is it the, the the big big one the huge the, one the, the huge yeah. one oh my the God. Big, big one. <laughs> i'm so jealous that thing is just amazing if i had well i might have the room in the new place but i was just like here i was like i would never you know it's like what am i going to do use it as a, like a table in the middle of the room yeah. you know like, uh, yes <laughs> why not <laughs> right uh, the one thing the one big i guess i, I try to like just keep my my obsessive purchases to like some black series and books but yeah. the one that I had to relent, relent on was like that, uh, the Black Series Dark Saber. Oh and yes. I saw that one. I was like, mm, that's beautiful. I, I might need that yeah. one. Have you, have you got it yet or not? No, it's uh, it comes out in October, I think. It's it's uh, they're still wow. haven't done production on it. But uh, in terms of like 
the things that I think would happen for May 4th. I don't think we'll get a trailer for Kenobi. I think it's there's still, I don't think they started filming yet, actually. I think they're filming Cassian. Uh, we might get a production photo, maybe of like Ewan, yeah. like in, in the robes or something. Uh, yeah, there's been but, pictures already of him with the glorious with the beard. beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it might be like video game announcements somehow. I get a feeling that yeah. they might either announce yeah. All in Order 2 or a Battlefront <laughs> 3 for, you know, for next-gen consoles. That's so cool. Yeah, I think, I think that might be... That, I mean, obviously, I have no facts to back this up, but uh, that's that's what my intuition tells me. That's going to be video game focused. Yeah. Yeah. And I still haven't been able to get my hands on a PS5. Yeah. Nor, nor I. I, I yeah. even stopped. It's like, I'm going to stop uh, yeah. looking. And, and, just keep and I feel like our PS4 time. is like almost dying. It's like, I don't want to buy oh. another PS4. <laughs> just just, uh, just give me the PS5. Mine's hanging in there, luckily, because it's like you get worried, you know. It's like, oh, oh, the fans turning on really loud. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's last gasps. Like, what's happening? It 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 knows that it's it's going to be replaced. Right, it's It's looking for attention. (laughs) It's all vas a ver, vas a ver. You're taking me for granted. We'll You're going to miss me. Like like what any that and mom would say, oh, we'll see what you do after I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, totally. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, the cur- it's the mom curse. It, it totally is. Wants. It totally is. I am me. Is that one? Is that one? And, oh, you'll understand when you have kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. yeah. Hey, aye, but aye, with aye. that, I don't know if anyone else had anything else to say to kind of wrap up our very lovely conversation here. I think it was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Mark. No, no, thank it's- you. <laughs> I totally appreciate it. I, this is awesome. <laughs> so with that, Mary, I think it's time to sign off. Well, let Mark say where we can find oh, him. Right, right, oh, right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just like he felt like he was part of the triad all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> all right well you can find me on twitter and instagram at i am el diablito and on friday nights with uh, the pink milk after dark crew uh we're on at 7 30 pacific time and that'll be where you can find me brian and emma talking star wars queerly Perfect. make sure to check so, them out follow, and we'll follow definitely them have links below yes, we'll, on yeah. the podcast description as well as the youtube description so make yeah. sure to follow them as well <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Smash it. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. This was super, super fun. Uh, I think we had really good conversation. Uh, To those of you that don't know about Pit Milk, go figure it out because they are fantastic. They have awesome content out there. If you want to check out our chat with Brian, we have a chat with Brian two from season one. So some other good stuff. Always good to get another perspective. And I think with mm-hmm. that, we are Triad of the Force. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube and anywhere that podcast can be found. Just search Triad of the Force. We have awesome t-shirts and sometimes in other languages as well. So check those out too. And I think with that, we are going to try to release this on May the 4th. So happy May the 4th to everybody. Sweet. Mm-hmm. May the 4th <laughs> be with you. 